Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to our review of Joker with the boys Connor. Hello. And Benny. Hi there. Well, here we are for the most controversial film of all time, 2019's Joker. We've seen the highs from Venice, you know, with a universal appraise audience, standing ovations, and now we're here. We've, we've seen the lows as well, sorry. You know, we've seen the lows, we've seen all the backlash, everyone talking in the media, and now finally we've sat in the cinema, we've seen the film, it's time to talk, uh, you know, non-spoiler part of a review, spoilers coming later. Um, actually, before we get into the non-spoiler part of the review, let's catch up on how everyone was feeling about the trailers, the build-up, all that jazz before we get into the movie itself. Who's looking Who's looking hungry? Oh, oh, you want to go? I do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, is there any other way to feel about this movie other than exhausted after all of this time? Um, the, the, the discourse around this film has been seemingly endless. What a lead-up to a movie that um, should not be the biggest event of the year um like i feel like we've we've had more to to bloody discuss and moralize about this film than you know the lead up to endgame um just so much uh hype in the one direction and then all the controversy in the other direction it was so hard it's been a bit of a roller coaster hasn't it exactly it's so hard to know how to even watch this film when it finally came around Mm. uh, outside of all of that um if I can tell a personal anecdote, uh, the cinema I work at actually received a threat of sorts mm. um, on on around the day of release that originated on 4chan, spread through to Reddit, got picked up by a bunch of legitimate publications. Um, basically, someone just saying, don't go to this cinema uh, tomorrow. Um, you know, it looked like any number of other uh, thinly veiled threats that turned out to be real precursors to actual um, mm. violent events. Uh, generally in America, but um, uh, yeah, it was a very interesting opening to this film. And, and uh, wait, 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 just going back, to, even with that, even with the Reddit comments going mm. in that thread before it got picked up by all the major publications, you know, people going, you guys are fucking idiots, this is a joke. Hey, everyone, stay safe. You know, I've called the police. You know, you get a wide spectrum of responses. So, so yeah, um, I get called in to manage the morning of release, Um being completely unaware of this, my boss brings me in. I thought you were about to say being expendable. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. why do you think I got called in? My boss sits me down. He's like, oh, yeah, have you heard about, about you know, and I'm like, about what? He's like, well, we've, had, we've had a threat against the cinema. I'm like, all right, cool. Thanks for calling me in today. <laughs> um, so, yeah, all day we had a bunch of cops on site, uh, private security monitoring the building, um, and a lot of uh, interesting-looking patrons who <laughs> were you like ducking were, at like loud noises all day? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I was ready. I was, yeah. I was, I, I thought it was all very amusing, but um, yeah, we, I don't know. I think we lost a bit of business off it. I think we might've gained some from it as well. It just really crazy. I have not seen uh, a movie do this in my time in, yeah. in the industry. Yeah. Mm. Especially, you know, in Australia. And like, just, sorry, just to finish off, nothing happened. Yeah. Nothing happened. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a week in, a week in, yeah. nothing's happened yet. <laughs> yeah. It was, um, and in Australia, you know, we're just, we're, we're like the little brother. We're like the little country town compared to the UK and US. Mm. But you even know, there, nothing's happened. There's exactly. No shootings, like, exactly. But when these things do happen, it's kind of like a little bit freaky. You know, we're not really used to it here. You know, these... I, I don't know. I thought it was... I, I just like... I, I You know, I used to work at the cinema. I was there since 2009. I was just kind of like, oh, this is fucking weird, man. This, this is unsettling. Mm. I found it unsettling. I, and I wasn't even there. I was 95% sure that it was fake. And the reason that I thought that was because it seemed like that kind of thing that the news had hyped up and made this kind of self-fulfilling prophecy of, you know, we're going to give news time to this and build up the hysteria. And then someone is going to try and capitalize that on that hysteria. Mm. And then that is going to kind of go, and then we're going to report on it. And it's going to kind of go in this circle. And Oh man, the, the Daily Mail headline was literally like yeah. terrifying terrorism plot or threat like aimed at, at local, yeah, mass shooting threat aimed at local cinema. I'm yeah. like, and in the article, they say exactly what it is. And it's like, don't go to this cinema tomorrow. It's yeah. all it is. There was yeah. no, there's yeah. no specific threat there. Yeah. It's insane though. Like, But did you see the 4chan um, comments after that? Mm. 
Did you see the whole thread on I the 4chan? So the one, this other guy goes in and he's like, I booked for that cinema. Yeah. Um, you know, now I'm going to cancel and go with my girl to one of the other local cinemas. I've put my affairs in order. I've said bye to my mom. And, <laughs> I need uh, to see this movie. <laughs> incels. Incels. And I was like, holy fuck, man. This is crazy. Like, yeah, this, is, yeah. this is really something that I haven't really been exposed to other than if it's in the States, mm. if it's in the UK. This is just down the road. There you go. Interesting. At any rate, because that has nothing to do with the actual film. Um, well, how did you does. feel? Well, <laughs> how did you feel about? Because we, we we made a. I mean, I think we can talk about it a little bit now, but we did make a promise. I think about two weeks ago that mm. we were going to judge this as a film mm, on its it's own. It's going to be tough on its own. It is. It is. It's very it's difficult. Very difficult. Um, in terms of the trailers, how did you feel about the actual film? Like, how did you feel about? What did you think you were going to? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, just briefly, I thought it was an interesting idea to for DC to be doing something apart from their main continuity. I thought the trailers all looked really good. Um, I love Joaquin Phoenix, obviously, and I think Todd Phillips is a skilled director. I liked War Dogs a lot. I think uh, his work on the first Hangover, just from a directorial standpoint, is quite strong. Um, so yeah, I was looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm. I was the same. I thought. Um, I'm just remembering. I'm just reading here the Wikipedia. Um, Martin Scorsese was originally producing this. Yeah. When we originally um, reported on it, it was back when Scorsese was going like, to direct. And that gave this so much credibility. Mm. It sort of it reinforced the notion of the angle they're going to take with it. Um, and and, and, and um, Joaquin Phoenix, he's always on point. So uh, I love her. I love the master. I love – he's just always very, very, very watchable. And especially when he sinks his teeth in a role, I find it very, very, I always just find it re really interesting. So the, the trailers came out. It looked interesting. It looked like it was sort of expanding upon the Heath Ledger Joker. I sort of saw a few parallels in there. Maybe I was reading into it too much. But overall, I was really, really excited for this. And then the Venice stuff came out. I was like, am I okay? The hype's building a little too much now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to bring my expectations down. And sort of I went in sort of thinking... The hype's there, but I hope the film delivers on its promise. So what's the last thing you want to hear when you're looking forward to a movie? Is yeah. this is the best movie ever? It's like, like damn it. <laughs> fuck. Um, I, uh, I was, I think, very different in my approach to this film because I was against it from the get-go. When I first heard that uh, Scorsese was uh, planning on a Joker film outside of the continuity, and this is back when we were still going to get a, a Jared Leto Joker film as well. You know, that was in yeah. about the same... When the, of, when the DCU was barely holding together as opposed to now when it's just completely, completely shattered. Like fragmented. Yeah. Yeah. But the, for me, it was kind of this, like... I I originally didn't like it because it was it was just throwing this continuity and it just felt like DC was throwing as much stuff at the wall and just seeing what could stick and I, I didn't like that. And then when more details of what this film was came to light, my major concern became that this was less of a Joker film and more of like a, a taxi driver that needed an IP in order to be, um, you know, uh, to actually be get light. out. Yeah, exactly. To get it, get it out in the um, public eye. Mm. Um, and that to me, I didn't, I didn't like that at all. I, that kind of bothered me. Um, and I felt as though that might take away from what otherwise would have been a really good film. Um, and then, you know, all the hype, um, I had a very similar reaction. I was like, this is too much hype now. So I actually came into this movie with, it was very difficult for me. Cause I was like, I need to watch this as even, or as like dispassionately as I can. It was taken on its own merits kind of thing. Yeah. Because this movie for me, at least had, had built this kind of negative, you know, mythos around it. Like it was just, um, and I didn't want to go in and, and judge it as such so yeah going into the film i had to like it's kind of like actually take a couple of breaths and being like oh, i'm gonna watch a film i have to erase everything that i know about this film and just kind of watch it on its own merits cool so, so let's get into the non-spoiler part of the review where do we want to start here because there's a lot oof. of different avenues we can go down um can we just start with what i think is by far and large the best thing about this film and it's almost Unarguable. Yeah, I think Which I know is, exactly what you're going to talk about. Joaquin Phoenix's um, performance mm. yeah, is he's amazing. breathtaking. Yeah, mm. he's, he's on point. He is, I mean, he is always good. Like he's never, never fails me in terms of an actor, but like this was really spectacularly done. 
and the range that he showed in this, as well as just the kind of the depth, mm, the was, commitment. The, yeah, the commitment. It was really spectacular. And this this is one hundred percent a character study. This mm-hmm. is his movie. He's in every single scene of the film, um, and he's never less than absolutely magnetic. Like he carries this entire thing. Yeah. Yeah, he feels like he's really thought about the ticks of this character, mm. um, how they present themselves, how he walks, how he talks. You know, it feels like he 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 he's really thought about this, and this is an actor's role. You know, he's really taking command, and it's super impressive. So I was I was watching um, an interview done with both Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix, and they were saying that they were in communication for six months before they started shooting. You know, just talking to each other thinking about the character, That's awesome. thinking about the scenes. And then even on when they were shooting, Joaquin Phoenix would go home and make notes and then call, like Todd apparently, they're just like harassing him being like, I think this is like, he would look mm. at dailies and stuff. And so this really feels as not only was he the, the main character in this, but it feels as though, or it sounds as though he had quite an integral part in the direction of this film in, in kind of, because it is so central around that character, I think he had a lot of input. It's a very cool approach because um, we talked about in our weekly show, Scorsese recently came about talking about generally the Marvel movies saying they're, uh, they're not cinema, very inflammatory comments. Um, but one of the points he made is they're not, um, they're not about humans trying to convey real emotion to each other, which is, I think, an interesting point. I don't think that that is the main focus of those movies. This movie, though, really feels like that kind of thing, you know? Like it really feels like... A, an actor and a team of people trying to convey something. Yeah. Um, whether or not they're entirely successful. Yeah. Th- th- this is, this is, these are the moments I really love, you know, we'll talk about some other elements with the film, but you know, when you get an actor just owning it, like really like, you know, this is his profession. This is what is dedicated his life to. This is his craft. You know, this, I, I love seeing those moments. Mm. It's almost like seeing like a bird, you know, take flight. It's like, <laughs> it's like they're really in their element. And mm. I, I get such a kick out of that um, because I, I couldn't act to save my fucking life. <laughs> I mean, and also Joaquin is very good at picking his roles and you can see it. Like, you know, it, it almost seems as though he picks these roles as his own like kind of personal therapy session you know when he talks about like you know you talked about the master that's that's very kind of specific to his life you know he was part of a cult um you know with this one he even he even talked about it in the interview which is that one of the things that really drew him to this character and provided sympathy for this character for him was the early childhood trauma which he also um uh suffered i mean like he seems to put quite a bit of himself into these mm-hmm. roles whether that's good for his own mental health is is probably a um a different discussion but it it certainly yields results mm. in terms of being an actor or so, putting stuff on screen so Joaquin is 10 out of 10 i think we're all on the same page there yeah um the other star of this film is of course director todd phillips um yes. who is aiming to do something far above what anyone would have previously expected i think from director of the hangover trilogy yes um, how do you guys think he fared? I think I think that you know he he was a screenwriter on this along with Scott Silver. I think that um, he's done an amazing job. Like I I really do love um, a lot of elements of this. I think in terms of the cinematography choices, I think in terms of the pacing and editing, um, and the overall direction it is a really really interesting way to present the Joker. Um, in 2019, I think that the script gets pretty bog standard in spots. Mm, it's it's yeah. like, and we can get into that maybe in spoilers or a bit later. But like, I've seen this before. Uh, uh, you know, like, oh, this seems very sort of Gen- almost ge- generic, generic, yeah. yeah, and incredibly on the nose in parts. <laughs> and, but whoever wrote this script was like at, clearly at certain points at a loss for, you know, yeah, words almost. And I'm like, kind of like, wow, Joaquin is just owning it right now and if you didn't have that guy on the bench i don't know if this film would be nearly as good there's some stuff that comes off that would have been very very almost painful if it weren't for the slight inflections or just the way that that is emoted Mm. and and the strength in in most of the other areas as well because yeah there there is some stuff in this it's like there's a movie that runs along a long part of its runtime working in some subtext and then at points it just goes like text 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 it's like Okay, wow, when did this turn into yeah. a lecture? Um, but uh, 
the, I, the other, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, because you, you said the, the other person in this. I, I think there's actually three. And I mm-hmm. think there's someone that has to be pointed out in this. Um, and uh, it's uh, Hilder. I'm not going to be able to pronounce the last name, though. Do it. Do it. Guando Dietro. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> from someone from Iceland. That should give you an idea of what so the last the name score? sounds. This is the score. Yes, mm-hmm. the amazing score. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, the combination of those three people. And I don't think this person is getting any mm-hmm. credit. Because everything yeah. is like Todd Phillips... And Joaquin I Phoenix, totally and, agree. That, and that's five percent that, of the conversation. The rest is all like the violence. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Right. Like the, the praise that is being given to this film mm. is those two people, and I think that is a massive disservice. I think that um, Hilder did an absolutely spectacular job of this, and you know she's been involved with some, like she's been a, uh, uh, involved with like Arrival and a couple of other. Like I had never really heard of her, but um, Arrival, she was part of the music department. Um, right. Sicario. So she um, must work Revenant. with what's his name? Very nice. He's, he's Hans Johansson. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. So she was actually like playing cello and doing that right. kind of stuff. He's Icelandic as well, I believe, from memory. Yeah. So she composed Joker, Chernobyl. Oh. Um. You know something called Trapped, uh, Sicario. Fantastic. Um, Day of the Salado, not the other one. There was some really great cello work in this. Mm. You know, I, I've always been a big fan of cello, that lower rumbling before it hits the bait, the double bass. You know, it's just got more attack. Um, but yeah. it, it was just so well done. So it seems um, like she is a celloist, which makes so much sense considering yeah. that there is so many of those kind of like that really sudden like, like yeah. you get with the... Um, String instruments, lower string instruments. One thing I noticed, which I didn't necessarily find distracting, but it used the same note um, difference, but in that they use in the 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 Hans Zimmer wrote for Batman. So you know the the da na, I believe it's a fifth. Like this one had like a da na na, and it went up to another note. Yeah. Mm. But I noticed that coming through, and I was like, huh, is this purposeful? Or if am it I is, just it's reading kind of into that? Because yeah. it's not it's not on the nose. Like it's not like yeah. clearly that song, but it could be a variation. Yeah. Which I think would be really cool. And but I always loved that Batman theme because it was like it wasn't like a theme, it was two notes, but it's so recognizable. And I thought, hey, maybe they've just mm. sprinkled this in, but you know what? I thought she did an amazing job and really added to the atmosphere. Yeah. It was brilliant. It was absolutely haunting. Um, I would love to see her movie. on more projects. Cause I I think that a good score makes or breaks films. Like if you think about 2049, if you think about Inception, if you think about all these, you know, Arrival, all these films that would be half of the films that they are without yep. the brilliant score that they have. So, Georgie, you mentioned um, how the film looks. Let's just hop on about that for a while because I think um, every aspect of the visuals on screen mm-hmm. here is unbelievably on point. Um, so just well shot. The cinematography the recreation of this grimy 1980s kind of New York vibe for Gotham. Yeah. Um, the Gotham landscapes are beautifully done. Mm. Like y- you barely notice the changes that are made on those landscapes. And so, it's quite nebulous as term- in terms of the era. You know, it could have been 70s, could have been 80s, could have been 90s. Unless I missed that. I felt like it did a pretty good job of- There was a very similar of- time in New York, I think around the 70s or 80s, yep. where there was like a garbage strike. Okay. So it, it felt to me like it was lifted from a very specific time. Okay, sure. The there there is a fact in this movie, there's something that puts it right in 1981. I can't remember what it is exactly. So okay. sorry, I sound like I'm making it up, but yeah. um, I believe yeah. that is the exact year. But um, yeah, so I, I'm actually, I work as a projectionist. I'm projecting this film in 70 millimeter. So I get to just sit there. and get to see it in 70 mil. Oh man, come in and, and watch it. I get to just sit there and watch every frame of this beautiful movie, you know, whenever I want. Um, it's just mind. It's so beautiful. It's you know, it's a, for a couple of interesting things I noticed about it. I think it's a sixteen by nine ratio. It's mm. not that really thin, you know, letterbox style. Mm. So it makes things quite tall, and he fits a lot of things in the frame, and makes a lot of shots quite bottom heavy. Mm. Um, I thought that was just like a really interesting choice because a lot of film directors go movie letterbox, you know, but this is my a bit of a wider style. So I thought that was quite interesting, and then. I also found it quite saturated. It was quite bright in spots. Mm. I sort of, you know, you could have gone quite easily down that Nolan, grimy, desaturated look. It's quite beautiful. It's quite, the the production design's beautiful. Like even the way he dresses, it's not, it's like clean. And, you know, I, I thought like aesthetically production design, you know, the grading, it was just all really nicely put together. And the the leading on and from distinct, that. The, and distinct and mm, distinct. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do not see many movies that look like this for whatever reason. 
It like it's it recreates that era so perfectly, but it's not flashy about it. Like yeah. the whole thing is yeah. just seeped it's not in like Stranger garbage. Things where it's like this is the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's yeah, it's yeah. it's so deft. Um, and yeah, leading on from that, the costume design. I think the lead up into him really becoming the Joker, just bit by bit, his outfit kind of really subtly heads that way. And then when the full transformation is complete, the the look has really grown on me. Yeah, I think he looks amazing. outstanding. I think yeah. he looks so good. There's, there's, a, there's st- a scene at the very end where you're just like, "This is so utterly spot on." Was well, that Joker. the bit from the trailer that he's just walking down that corridor and he's just like that is pretty looking good. very serious, but he's got that big that big smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gorgeous, and he's this weird mix of uh, of Heath Ledger's Joker combined with like Cesar Romero from the '60s. Mm. Yeah, um, it, it's it's it's. Yeah, yeah, distinct yeah, yeah, but yeah, familiar yeah. all at once. It's it's really cool. Yeah. So it ha- so everyone has, and <laughs> I don't think unjustly pointed out that this movie is a massive ripoff of Taxi Driver yes. and The King of Comedy, two Scorsese films. I've and never seen The King of Comedy. Falling down, I haven't either. So that has not been an issue for me. And Falling Down, another one. Um, how do you guys feel about how derivative this movie is? As a massive fan of Taxi Driver, I thought that it did enough to change it up so mm. it wasn't plagiarism. Now, Connor, Taxi Driver, King of Comedy, you've seen both, neither one? Neither. neither? Okay, cool. I, Taxi Driver is one of those ones that is always on the to-do list, but I'm like, it's not going anywhere. So, Georgia, you and I have seen Taxi Driver. None of us have seen King of Comedy. Um, I think that that's important to point out, I guess, because yeah. it's it, both of those films in equal measure from what I understand. Okay, right. Um, so yeah, I I I found it to it didn't bother me at all. No, but but there, there are a couple really distinct differences that they do within um, Robert De Niro's character in Taxi Driver, Travis something, Travis Bickle, Travis Bickle, mm. and this. And I think we should talk about those in spoilers. Yeah, but those were very interesting choices and things that maybe impact my viewing of it in a certain way i'm mm. being a bit cryptic here but you know i like the homage you know the steps and you know like the, the i guess i'm still thinking back to how scorsese was a producer i thought it was cool yeah but it it, it didn't and to me it didn't feel like oh look they're just ripping off they like taxi driver no i was like they they're trying to weave that into the narrative and it's making sense so th- this movie is so in the spotlight right now. I feel like it's getting unfairly targeted for being der- derivative. I think it is derivative, but I think so much of art is. Yes, yeah, exactly. it's really hard to find something that is well and truly actually original. Yeah, in terms of how original this is compared to all the other movies that are coming out now, I mean, you got to give it a break. Ta- yeah. uh, Taxi Driver was what, like 30 years ago? Yes, yeah, 70s, 77. Like, I mean, you just... Yeah, like like this this movie is so refreshing compared to all the other comic book blockbusters that are coming out. I don't understand why everyone's targeting it for that so specifically. Um, I think people are looking. I think some people are sort looking of for a reason yeah. to hate. There this. are yeah. Where where I mean, and there are look. There are. This isn't a perfect movie, and I, I'm I'm happy to talk about the things that I didn't like about this movie. But mm. um, that 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 was not something that bothered me specifically. No, no didn't bother me. Um. Is there anything that uh, in non-spoilers, because there is something that I'd probably like want to talk about a little bit, but is there anything that you guys can think of that you want to talk about that was positive? No, I think I think in terms of the main positives, you know, the whole presentation, the technical side of it, and Joaquin Phoenix, that you know, this it's really on point. Mm. Okay. This is a really well-made film. Yeah, I would say there are a bunch of sequences in here that I think are uh, virtually like a masterclass of like. Uh, uh, like boiling tension. Oh yeah. Um, like watching watching some of those scenes in a cinema was like very intense and yes. very cool. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. So I'll go in then. There's there's some things that I I can't talk without be, it being in spoilers. So check out the spoiler review. Um. But one thing I did want to talk about, and I've been thinking about this a lot, was the there was an obvious sense of nihilism about this film. Um. And to the point of almost kind of like beating you over the head with it. And I was trying to think of a good analogy for how I felt about how that was presented in this film. And the best way I could think of it was like Todd Phillips was giving you like a cake, like, you know, one of those like really rich, sweet, like mud chocolate cakes things and being like, Hey buddy, why don't you take a bite? And be like, Hmm, that was really tasty. He goes, why don't you take another bite? You're like, okay. And he's like, now eat the entire cake. <laughs> and you're like, this was really good. Like for a snack. But eating this all in one sitting is, mm. is, is it's too much, and it's not because the cake has changed. Like it's not like 
a better cake or a worse cake towards the end. It's the same thing. Mm. But it's just kind of like I've had nothing to complement this or nothing to break it up or it's just this like kind of unrelenting but If you take one bite, you could eat thing. the whole thing, baby. And that, then that's the thing. And I kind of felt like towards the end of this film, there was no counter. There was no companion. There was no, you know, I, oh, I just want a coffee while I have my <laughs> cake. Just <laughs> something to kind mm. of compliment what I was getting it. And I felt like, you know, that, that sat with me a little wrong. I, I, I know what you mean. And I think this is where the, some of the rudimentary choices they made with the script. I mean, you see it at the beginning. It's not a spoiler. He's running down. The kids are beating him over with the sign and kicking him down. You know, it's like, he's actually getting kicked down by society. Yeah. You know? And one of them's literally like, get him is weak. Yeah, and it's like, are they mugging him or are they just yeah. beating the shit out of him for no reason? So, and it's kind of unclear in the movie. Yeah, so there's a few of those things where I'm like, all right, I know where this is going, and and then that's pretty near the beginning, and it just keeps kind of punching away, punching mm. away, and I think it gets fairly rudimentary in some spots. I think the arc of the character is sold on the performance, but not necessarily in all of the the story mm. choices and. Ultimately, some of the messages towards the end, whilst it's got nothing to do with incels, nothing, you know, I I have a few problems with some of the choices um, they made within some of the storytelling and and, and some of the, 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 in terms of it's, it's, it's representation of mental health and whatnot. Yeah. For me, uh, some of it, 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 the issue that I think we might be clicking on the same thing is more around the tonality. Like it's not necessarily what the plot is. It's how the movie approaches that plot which just kind of left me with a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. And that's, that might not be a bad thing. Like this movie is obviously meant to provoke and I haven't stopped thinking about it. Same. So, you know, maybe that's the point. Um, and I'm just not smart enough to get it or, or um, I understand that's it. the problem with this movie. But, um, you know, the, um, yeah, there, I, I want to talk a little bit more about it in spoilers, mm. but I do feel as though that this movie is a little bit, simplistic in the way that it approaches that nihilism and that kind of um yeah just the way that it presents it well it is just a comic book movie uh, and on that <laughs> note and on that note Connor, that was one of your biz, big misgivings on the way in how do you feel about it now as, as a dc property um so in terms of do you, you feel know, like that was just a is it being a joker film does it, yeah do you feel like that anything? was just a cynical sheen that there was thrown on it i do but there are some things that that actually, um, oddly enough, added. And mm. I don't think it was the intention, but um, there was a couple of moments where, and I'll explain it more in spoilers, that I was glad that that it was a Joker film. Mm. Not to say that this movie would have been vastly different without it. Like, I mean, I still think that this, the only reason that it is a Joker film is because they needed an IP. And they've been so, open about that. Um so yeah, I, I kind of there's probably a, a net zero gain or loss here because what you lose in the kind of um, jaded, um, you know, the the kind of you know, the jaded like uh, business aspect of it of just getting an IP. You, there are some a couple of things that added to it. But, yeah, um, I yeah. I I was quite happy the way it tied itself into the Batman mythos. Um, I thought it was a worthwhile kind of uh, alternate uh, origin of this character. Mm. Um, I, as yeah. as a comic book fan, um, I was definitely getting more out of this than I would be if it was just a drama um, from from that sort of stuff. Yeah, like just being like, oh yeah, I, this is and this I, think is that, exciting I think there the is, like we might have the same idea on a couple of things. Like it, it saved a couple of things for me. In fact, that's interesting. Um, because I I think. You know, love it or hate it, it, it really is a business, and it, it's kind of hard to criticize the fact that this movie is now setting, you know, the highest ever opening for an October film. Yeah, when it would have done, you know, ten percent of that maybe. Yeah, otherwise easily. I mean, getting something in front of eyeballs, that's that's cool. That's important for these people for for financial and creative reasons. And there's a lot of stuff in here. I was actually quite impressed with uh, how it tied into the Batman universe and. Um, it made you recontextualize things mm. and not quite what you wanted, Connor, where you had a real distinct counter to the Joker. 
But I think there was just a few little details in there. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's an interesting take. I, I need a little bit of time to think about that. But then there were some moments in here I was like, really? <laughs> Re- we'll talk about it as well. It's really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are we going down this path again? Uh, Sorry, maybe. maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but um, yeah. yeah well, why don't we give our final thoughts? Um, so Joker's up? definitely not as good as Venice said. Um, there's just some things in here that didn't quite work for me but in terms of like technical side of filmmaking you know we're talking acting we're talking cinematography we're talking music talking editing we're talking set design like this is just so on point and i'm gonna say 80 70 percent of the script worked for me Mm. you know so i'd say this is a really really good really great film and it's gonna be in i'm just gonna be up there in my list if not in my top 10 of the year for sure yeah i will 100 percent agree with you in terms of the, this could this could very easily make it into my top ten this year. Um, it's it's really unfortunate that it got that kind of hype from Venice because I don't think it, um, I don't think it quite reaches that that level. Like this I might enjoy it more not knowing being exactly, predisposed yeah. to that information. And this this won't be like the you know in the top ten films of the last ten years or anything. Like it's it's not that kind of level. Um, but uh, it is it is a it is a very good film. Um, I mean, it, it's one of those films that feels as though it might just be a little bit less than the sum of its parts, though. Um, yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. Um, it's a shame that this movie had so much, uh, so many talking points about it in in all different ways leading up to other it. Other than the film, other yeah. than the film, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Because um, I think it is. I like. I love this movie. I think it's really terrific. I think it is. 10 out of 10 on so many individual levels Mm. that that makes it worthwhile alone. And there are definitely parts where it doesn't work, definitely parts where it's over the top, parts where it doesn't entirely come together. And I do think it's going to speak to a subset of people that I don't think it's actually has a a message for necessarily. But the Joker has always done that. Characters have always done that. Taxi Driver did that 40 years ago. Um, That's a whole different debate anyway. But um, yeah, like I said, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I've seen it twice now. I've seen it twice before it came out, but that's just, you know, work privileges. Um, I, podcast, I, pri- po- podcast privileges. privileges. And I'm, I'm, I will happily go see it again. Um, yeah. It, it's good stuff. I, I recommend going to see this movie and making your own mind up about it. Yeah, this is definitely one of those ones where I'd say, check it out in the cinema. Um, it is worth it. I mean... Also, support film, watch it in 70 millimeter. Yeah, definitely. Love it or hate it, like you'll get something out of this. Like you'll you'll come out wanting to talk about it. Which is also it's it's just a movie. Um, that too. <laughs> it's 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 not going to make you go riot or kill anybody, probably, unless you're maybe already going to do that. Um, it, it it it's it's just yeah, a if movie. this is what it's pushes you over the edge, <laughs> then you know this is the least of your problems. Yeah, it's so God. interesting. Just off that, it's a movie thing. Like you know, you hear about Taxi Driver, all the controversy at the time. You hear about The Exorcist, all the controversy at the time. You know. At the end of the day, you watch those ones now and, and everyone's like, what? That was the scariest movie of all time? Mm. Really? Mm. You, you guys you guys need to harden the fuck up. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'm interested to see the life cycle of this movie and I'm interested to see, I feel like it's been 10, 20 years since one of these has popped up. I don't think there's been this mass hysteria. At least I can't remember that kind of mass hysteria. Not with a major a film. blockbuster film. I can't remember. The last yeah, time. like there's lots of films that are far more controversial, like dinky little um, horrors. Yeah, you know, you get like stuff on a very Serbian small scale like that. Like yeah, that gets banned in a bunch of countries. Um, but like that's probably more rightfully so. Like that, yeah. you don't need that. <laughs> I, I, there's no kind of like they can't mm. be like we're just trying to like hold a mirror. Does it? No, fuck you. That's and just, I'd I'd love to be able to say that it's it's good that they've gotten a conversation started, but they haven't. There's no conversation here. Yeah, it's just it's like just, man, yelling just in all the corners. And yeah, headline I, reading. And, I think there's a lot of good conversations to come out of this that no one is having or exactly. that everyone is, everyone's doing exactly what we're doing which is people should have that conversation and then go right back into like all the talking points so, of like, so, so to reiterate just finally go see this movie give it a go yes uh, yeah. let us know what you think you get some of the movie <laughs> yeah drop it in the comments guys we want to hear from you guys mm. we all really enjoyed it uh all right time for spoilers so if you haven't seen this film uh get on out of here guys and if you are watching on youtube head back to part one where we've got more of our general thoughts and whatnot and we'll say a lot of things in that non-spoiler review that we won't talk about this time. So watch that before you judge how we feel about the film. Exactly. Can exactly. I jump in with a starting point here? Let's get in there. Since we can't really talk about this in the non-spoilers, what do you guys think of Arthur Fleck, the Joker, as an overall character, as his portrayal in this film from beginning to end? Because um, I thought it was a very noticeable 
um, departure. Well, just a very noticeable feature of his character that he was very much unhinged from the get-go. Yes. Like this wasn't the, the killing joke story of a normal man who had a bad day and uh, spiraled out of control and turned into the Joker after going insane. Like this was a guy who was on this path. Mentally ill. From, from his childhood. Yes. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, which was an interesting creative choice. Yeah. Mm. I really loved the concept of the Joker's laugh being like a, a mental like a tick. Like disability. Yeah. Me and too, that it would yeah. actually hurt him. Yeah, it's yeah. like, That's a, such like a cool... a, a, from a, a head injury. Yeah. Um, when he was younger, he has this laugh that he that just comes out in moments of emotional stress and stuff. Which I, is a I real don't, thing. I don't think that's an, uh, ever been used for the Joker before, and no. I love it. I thought it was amazing. And it's amazing. such an obvious thing. Like, I mean, it's a fairly obscure diagnosis. Like, it's, it is a real disease, and, like, really? you know, Damn. it does happen. But, um, like, it, it's not... Um, that was so interesting. It, it's such a obvious, like way to take with that character and right from like mm. the first scene he's laughing and clearly in pain like yeah. it's yeah. great in his back of his throat and he's getting this tickle and it's oh, almost like a yeah. joke yeah and i love that made me uncomfortable because yeah. like, i know that like oh yeah. and that initial scene on the bus quite early on where he's sort of goofing around with that kid and then he's getting that crazy laugh and has to hand over the card mm. another really great moment what an awesome piece of exposition yes mm. Mm. so i mean like that's one of the few times where like a, a, a like a like text, like text, yeah. or or you know, just throwing out an explanation works because that very that organic fits into the mm. what would actually happen with that kind of mm. um, totally reflection. So I mean, that I thought was really cool. Um, in terms of the way that the character progresses, I think that you know, the it's it's obviously kind of taken to an absurd level, but it does speak to you know how we treat those that are different um that have mental illness and i think that that is a really cool exploration i think that's a really good um take on the joker as a yeah. little bit more of a darker grittier like how do we create a joker For let's put him into you know let's just take a normal situation of how we treat mentally ill people just ramp that up to 11. Yeah, for a movie that a lot of people were, were concerned would be like an incel rallying cry or like some white supremacist thing it really was the thrust of it was this mentally ill person has not been looked after by his own country. Um, mm. The the healthcare system has spat this guy out because things are being defunded, mm. and he uh, society just destroyed him. Yeah, pretty and, much. And, and what I found really interesting about the film was I was examining. I was, when I was done, I wasn't looking around and being like, oh, "Who's gonna, who's the next Joker in this yeah. massive?" <laughs> I'm thinking like, "What can I do to be a better person?" Because it made me self examine myself. That's cool. You know, like how how do you treat people that that might be going through something that you're not aware of? Maybe maybe you're not even yeah exactly you're not even aware, and you say, "Hey, what the fuck, man?" Mm. You know, look at you, you motherfucker. And maybe you've tipped somebody over the edge when it was not your intent. But yeah, yeah. the movie know. does a great job of telling that story until it decides to just tell it. At yeah, the end. exactly. When when a character who did not strike me as someone particularly self-aware actually refers to himself as a mental health patient who's been ignored by society, I'm like, where is he getting this from? Yeah. He, this is never his MO. He's off his meds now. He should be jokerier than ever. But um yeah, it, it got that it felt got like way the too most, you know, tell instead yeah, of showing most very sorry, elegant. That would that to me was like, oh, they've just there's a couple actually there was a couple of moments in this movie where I felt like they were just they were worried that the audience wasn't going to get it. And mm. one of them was around Zazie one of my, Beats. yeah, one of my yeah. favorite and least favorite moments of this film, which is the Zazie Beats storyline, which I don't know. Uh, my, my thought was that they, the, the movie kind of expected you to understand that the whole relationship wasn't real. And well, so when they did the reveal, I thought the reveal was awesome the way that they did it. Like, yes. who are you? Because there's a part of your brain that's like, is it real? Isn't it real? Yeah. Like, that. I, I love that kind of the mentally ill yes. aspect of it. Yeah, like- What's and, and, real? What isn't you know, real? I, and along with what I thought was about like 90% of the audience was like 90% sure that that's not real, but mm. there's, ever, there's always the chance that it is. You get that moment where she doesn't know who she is, who he is in the apartment. And then they do the dumbest thing which is do the the Flash beautiful game. mind flashback the, bullshit. The, yeah, the Fight Club yeah, like, re-showing all the scenes we've seen with her and then showing her not there. Which is valid in Flight Club, which is valid in Beautiful Mind, which is not valid here. I think you got the point. I think it slapped yeah. you over the head with it. And 
Yeah, I thought that was a really great moment to kind of just go, oh shit, like leave it, leave it yeah, as Yeah, it was, it was so perfectly done. When she walks out and says, your name's Arthur, right? Like if you didn't already get it, you get it. You're like, yeah. oh, she doesn't know who this guy is. And wasn't and she in the same clothes every time in every scene or something? And I she like did the that. same nod or something. Mm. Maybe like the same smile. Maybe type, I yeah. maybe I looked into it too much, um, but I felt like I already got it. You know, totally. and then I mean, and there was there was something very like there was something kind of for me. It was very obvious. Like for example, that that first interaction where she comes up, she said, "Were you following me?" And he goes, "Yes." And she's somehow endeared by that. It's yeah. like, here's number one. Women don't react yes. to being followed like that. That's the thing. Okay, so like, I... Obviously, this is not real. Uh, yeah, I knew absolutely that it wasn't real because based on the early word from this film, I was under the impression that I was watching a good movie and a good movie would not have that relationship take place the way it's yes. executed and have it be a real thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it was like, well, that's an obvious tell. Unless There's, this yeah. is actually a really bad movie, yeah. this yeah. isn't happening. Yeah. Yeah. And there was yeah. a point where I was going, this is not, I'm not enjoying the way this girl's handling herself, mm. but I have a feeling this is going on. Yeah. yeah. Let's see how this plays out. Which is, I mean, it it fit into the character so perfectly. Yeah. Mm. Like, I Great mean, direction. In, in retrospect, it's absolutely perfect. The relationship makes zero sense, but to the character, it's real. Mm, exactly. And, and that's why the, the actual oh. reveal scene feels great because you do see it coming and it feels like a reveal to him, not to us. Yeah. But even like, and this is something I, I really enjoyed. It feels like a reveal to him, but also at the same time, it's like he, he knew it was just he wanted to believe it so bad that he yeah. let himself get carried away by the fantasy. So there's that kind of, I, I don't know how Joaquin Phoenix did it, <laughs> but and maybe this is just me Dark bringing magic. my yeah, this is bringing my own interpretation to it but that scene where you know she's confronting him like do you want me to call your mom i think that that is equal parts him knowing it and also finding it out yeah now speaking of own interpretations that scene opens up this movie to a lot of wildly different what's real what isn't stuff yeah um, just first up, something a friend asked me the other day, which hadn't even occurred to me. Do you think he kills Zazie Beetz? So th- that that was my first thought when he exited the room. Because mm, he leaves the room, we never see her again after that. Exactly. Um, oh, I didn't even think And about I that. love the darkness of that implication, and mm. I love the ambiguity of it as well. Mm. Um, so do I. Even though I would honestly like to have them, them to have been a little more explicit about the Joker's evilness in this movie. Because a lot of what he does... Um, you can almost justify it's or, revenge, or yeah. he's doing bad things against bad people. Yeah. Some yeah. of it. He's not, he doesn't have that maniacal Joker. Like there always seems to be whether, whether or not you agree with it, it's not like the Joker burning money in, mm. in, in the dark night. You yeah. Know, it's he's hurting like, people who've wronged him. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously there's great, obviously you can't justify it, but in his mind, he's able to justify it and you can kind of follow that thread along. Yeah. So I thought it would have been interesting if they just went full unlikable on him and I don't, uh, you don't necessarily need to confirm that he killed Zazie Beats. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, um, but even the, the scene where he, um, he, uh, he kills the guy who gave him the gun and then he lets the little guy yeah. go. I'm like, if they had gone a different direction with that, I think that could have been interesting. Or even, again, gone in a more ambiguous direction. With Talk it. about building up the the tension. Yeah. That scene where he's trying the to latch key. <laughs> get the latch <laughs> is, that's heart-stopping. I know. Like, and it's so brilliantly set up. Because yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I knew exactly when, when, he, when he locked that thing when they came yeah, in. I'm yeah, like, yeah, oh, f- uh, fuck. I was thinking man. about when he's like, can I go? I was like, yeah. oh, the latch, the latch, the yeah, latch, the yeah. latch. Mm. <laughs> that's brilliant. So, uh, mm. so yes, uh, Interpretation, yeah, so that- there is a major plot point in this film, which is, is Arthur Fleck the son of uh, Thomas Wayne? Okay, yeah, let's talk about that for a bit. Yeah, and, and that, is, uh, that starts out as a, I felt, pretty hammy storyline totally. that I thought was handled so well. Really well. And again, left fairly ambiguous. You could really take it either way yeah, at the end I, of this film. I love this kind of like Bruce Wayne, you know, Model child living in upstate, mm. amazing. You know, look at the house he lives in. He's getting outfits. the best of the best. <laughs> and this guy, this Arthur Fleck character, is just being cast out. Mm. And I thought that's the dichotomy that I loved. I, I thought that was a really interesting ingredient and to a this. great basis <laughs> for a relationship <laughs> between between the Joker and Batman. Not to say yep. that'll ever necessarily happen, but just the way this movie ends, where you can see where that obsession would come from, it, it's it's brilliant. There's just a seed of the the kernel, yep. you know. Yeah, I thought all that stuff, the the stuff with uh, um, Thomas Wayne was was quite interesting. I think, you know, some of the stuff where it's like, Bit you're all handed. clowns. Yeah. Everyone's mm. a clown. And then, you know, and then the final bit where you get the bloody murder scene again yeah. with the pearls, the bloody pearls. 
The, have to grab the pearls. Mm. You know? So that interaction between, or there's two things that I want to talk about with that interaction between Arthur Fleck and um, Thomas Wayne. First of all was, did you guys feel like it was a little bit heavy handed? Like, do you think it was a bit, you know, kind of too on the nose? He's like- When he confronts oh, him in the bathroom or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the second part is, do you think it happened? Because there yeah. is a strong kind of hint that it didn't because he, he finishes up on a position at the sink and then the next scene is him in the exact same position mm. over his own sink, mm. which I could meant, just be a yeah. cool cut or could be, you know, them suggesting that he imagined that interaction. Uh, I took it as literal and so I, I. I, I loved that portrayal of Thomas Wayne as just an absolute dick. Like, so you didn't feel it was over the top? No, I thought it was great. I loved him as just like, he seemed like the kind of guy who would be, you know, a big kind of business magnate. Big banker. Like the kind of guy who has that, like, if you cross him, like, I love that line where he's just like, if you touch my kid again, I'll fucking kill you. I'm like, that, that's cool. I could see yeah. Bruce Wayne being like that even. Yeah. Um, I thought he's great. A really good uh, portrayal. There's not a lot of other actors who get a chance to shine in this movie. I thought he was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought, I think the unreliable na- na- narrative in this is really interesting and, mm-hmm. and it makes you question a lot of scenes even later on that I had a bit of a problem with. It's like, oh, maybe, maybe that's his reality that we're not actually exactly. seeing the, the real, yeah. real reality. As his mindset was turning around, I figured a lot of what he was seeing of people supporting the clown yeah. uh, killer was maybe in his head. You know, he's seeing someone going by in a, in a car in a mask yeah. and he's saying to his therapist, people are starting to notice me. Yes. You know? I'm like, how much of this is just in his head? Yeah. Even to the point with, um, you know, him on the, on the set, you know, taking out De Niro, I was like, did that actually happen? Mm. You know? Well, and the ending feels very dreamlike. After he gets in this horrific car accident, yeah. then he gets dragged out of the car, he's dancing on top, he's got yeah. a million people cheering for him. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So that, that was one area, and, and my wife, and uh, my wife, for Ashley and I, had a major debate about this, like... So did me and my fiancé. Yeah. So did me what and... A, uh, yeah. <laughs> but we, we had a major debate about, like, is it cool that at the end... Okay, there was a couple things. Number one, you know, is it cool that at the end Joker's there, you know... As the, celebrating and he's the hero. He's the hero of the 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 people that have been shut out by society, the people who, uh, you know, everyone like the Joker, all, all the people at the bottom, so you know. This was this was where I got a little bit uneasy with this film because, and this is where I wanted some kind of counter or I wanted some kind of tonality shift towards the end because I'll give you an example of, of another Scorsese film, which is Wolf of Wall Street, where they had a really tough job of taking someone that had – a on the surface a really good life you know the wolf of wall street parties and he does all this thing that people are cool and they have to take this film and be like how do we how do we film it and how do we tell this story so that at the end you are like that's not a good person or how do we show is him not- as a villain in, yeah. a, in a narrative in a real world where narrative where he, he, ne- he never had his comeuppance yeah exactly so i think they pulled that off to a certain extent with the wolf of wall street which is a really tough thing which means it should be somewhat easier to do that with the joker and I felt like they went the exact opposite direction. Like, how do we show him as, as kind of the hero of the story? So and that to me felt really weird because I'm like, he is quite clearly a despicable person in this. Like, there's no real, re- like, genuinely redeeming fat, like, characteristic of this person. Mm. So the you can fact- only feel sorrow for him, but he's just being unjustifiably shat out. You know, he was yeah. abused when he was a kid. Or you know, you list the things out that yeah, went wrong exactly. for him. And there's a, there's a million things that, ju- you know, kind of... That so it's like negative, s- positive. It's not like, is there anything justifiable? Is there anything good? Is there anything... I wanted, it, I wanted the film to kind of show that, you know, he is the villain. And this is what I was talking about when I said that the, um, the fact that this was a Joker film actually saved it for me. Because when I think about this in terms of a purely an origin story... And that he is the villain to Batman. He is the villain that, that you know, he is the bad guy. That, in my mind, kind of justifies that ending. Yeah, and, and that's exactly the same thing I was saying to Ash. I was saying, like, yeah, maybe this crowd, like, cheering him on, you know, maybe this is going to egg on certain people and maybe some people are going to go, hey, I can be like him. But then I would always say, well, we're watching a Joker origin movie. You know, at the end of the day, we're watching a guy who's completely unhinged yeah. and yeah. he's going to have people, you know, it's it's sort of like you, you've got to take one with the other in, in the a way. In the context of the DC universe, as like this is like 
at some point his dichotomy is Batman. But as a film on its own, the way that it ends, it kind of makes me a bit it like it just weirds me out a bit. Mm. Like, I, I feel like they there was they were missing a piece. For whatever mm. reason, it completely worked for me because, um, and I'll tell you why. Because, uh, like I was right saying, now. how the the ending where he was getting cheered on by this crowd in this riot that really did feel more dreamlike to me. That felt mm-hmm. like a little more of his perception. That also felt like a big crowd of uh, criminals as well. So, oh, like, yeah. and but, it, it kind but, of felt like the source of his power because this is not the mastermind joker we've seen before this felt like someone who had more social power and that's the only way he could be a threat to someone like batman um and also the scene where he's on the murray franklin show as the joker the crowd did not support him at all like mm-hmm. they do on the streets the crowd is they're not they're not amused by him they don't find him funny and they find him horrific when he does actually commit his acts of violence mm-hmm. um it's only when he's out on the streets that we see people supporting him so but I'm the like, clowns that feels more right. the cl- if if the clowns were contextualized as criminals that's fine but the ca- clowns are all contextualized as lower socioeconomic mm. individuals and so that's where i'm like oh, what are we doing here what mm. are we but if if we're going for it's a dream, I can I can I can vouch for it. Mm. I mean, it's worth saying that as a sequence, awesome. The music, the visuals, I love that scene. Yeah. White room by Cream. Oh, I mean, and, <laughs> so and just the that very action of him him taking the blood and doing mm. like the blood smile. Yeah. that is possibly one of the most iconic shots of that film. Fully it's transformed, so cool. so on the nose and so perfect though. Yeah, yeah I mean, like I mean, in terms of you know, spot on. The, um, a smile made of blood. Like, yeah. come on, that's yeah. it's heavy-handed, but I <laughs> yeah. got You got to give it to him. It's, yeah, it's, it's great. Good sometimes imagery. it's it's there for a reason. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was just like that. Even if they had had that scene and then something after it that kind of displayed him, like again, just cap it off like they did Wolf of Wall Street. Like, give some level of what he did wasn't good like this i don't know it just it, well it, that's i kind of love that last scene where he's he's back in in custody he'll run around <laughs> yeah well well first of all i love the moment and it, it's actually saved the um the alleyway murder scene for me when he's sitting there just laughing to himself thinking about bruce wayne and his dead parents um you know bruce wayne who may be his brother um and she asked you know what's funny he's like you wouldn't get it um, I'm like, that is such a great driving mm. force for that character, for that relationship. It's brilliant. And then when he, you just see him walking out of there, blood on blood on his feet. Yeah. Um, he's, he's killed the woman in there, evidently. Like, this guy is just now the Joker. He is an evil bastard. Um, and he's going to be a horrible... Cunning like that now. He's... Yeah, he's going to be this horrible part of Gotham forever now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, an inter- it's an interesting... But again, um... that, is, that is using the overall... Kind of mythos yeah. around this movie. And that's why to I say justify, I love this as a DC movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. because again, just as a film on mm. its own, it's a very, it's a very different ending. Mm. And it's, potentially, it, yeah, yeah, and and that's what kind of and 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 maybe it's I, I was kind of my own worst enemy because I said I'm going to go into this and I'm going to judge it as its own mm. film, and it was only those moments where I allowed it to be part of that mythos that I was like, okay, this seems a lot more fine because it's the beginning of something that I know how this goes. Mm. But as its own film, as its own piece, that ending felt very, um, just weird. I guess. Do you can guys? I quickly, can I quickly? Yeah, sorry, sorry. sorry. I just want to just kind of move on from this because I just, just need to get this out there. The whole handling of what, what, what? Listen, I've got a major problem with the pharmaceutical industry. I think that you know, <laughs> just. I think that they're just shoving drugs down people's throat a lot of the time. But there is one decision this character makes combined with that ending with the crowd, the character decides to stop taking their meds. And uh, granted, the social worker says you can't get any more prescriptions. Mm. So, yes, fair enough. But there was almost like I finally see clearly, you know, and I think like, you know, there's some danger there. There's some danger here. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, fuck, man, I love heavy metal. I love death metal. I love horror movies. You know, um, you know, how can I justify all of these decisions across all these creators? Also, when he stops taking his meds, he becomes a murderer. So I, I feel like the message is Wait, so clearer what, what, there. What, are you against a message that you... Th- that this is making no or, i just think for, like, like what, it's, it's actual... sort of saying like if you're mentally unstable don't take your meds and you might transform into what you want to be 
And and I I just don't know if am I looking into this too much? And I think that's that's completely at odds with what the movie is saying. I think that's a misreading. I think it's a valid, understandable misreading. But I think you can't lay that at the feet of the film because I do not think it's saying like stop taking your meds. No, You'll no, become no. Awesome. It's definitely not saying that. But it can't be. It, it's it's a part of the film mm. and it's in there. And for whatever reason, I zoned in on that because. You know, fuck, man. See, now I thought that was the absolute crux of the movie was that the healthcare system failed this guy and he became yeah. a monster. Yeah, um, that, and, I thought that was, and, the whole and point. that is definitely part of it for mm-hmm. sure. So, I mean, just wanted to get that out there. I just think there was a couple little details where they could have ironed it out and really made this a much more poignant film. Mm. So, I, I, yeah, it's strange. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that 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 has anything to do with the 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 meds per se. It's kind of the. It feels like a major plot point to me. I mean, I mean, I in terms of what they could have done better. Like, I don't think. Like, I think that's fine. I don't think that they need to explain that anymore. In fact, any more explanation on that, and I would have probably felt like they were. I didn't spending want too much time on it. I didn't want necessarily explanation. I just think that it could have been maybe handled a little better. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you guys have a concrete opinion in your own mind about the um, his his uh, fatherhood, his fathership? I loved. Is, you know, is he a Wayne? You know, you this reminds me a little. This reminds me. What I love about this film is the character study element of it. It reminds me a lot of Taxi Driver, of mm. course, but it reminds me a lot of American Psycho, mm. The Machinist. Mm-hmm. You know, I love those kind of films, and this is definitely in that ballpark. We haven't seen that for a while, mm. and and the uh, I can I can go back and watch this film from this like perspective Island. and mm. that like perspective, can, and mm. I, I I just think. Not knowing and the ambiguity is what I love mm. more than anything. The no, the whether it, yeah. whether it's in this camp or that camp. Yeah, I, I think I'm the same, Connor. Um, I'm I'm leaning towards that he's not a yeah. Wayne, just because they have the, there was the adoption record that yeah. it shows. Yeah, um, but you could definitely see that Thomas Wayne being set that up. It. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I do. I agree with you. I like it's the good, ambiguity. It's very well of it. balanced. Yeah. Um, one thing I loved about this movie, and it's such a weird little thing. Um, was the the super rat plague plaguing the city? I heard about this. I totally missed this. So you know they're talking about the news yeah. about the super rats, and then you see one. Yeah. In in a subway scene. I heard. And about it is that. a giant ass rat. It is so comic booky. It's so Gotham. I'm like, that is awesome. Like that actually feels like a world <laughs> that twenty years down that. the line you might have a man bat. You know. Um, I, it was just such a weird little touch, and I'm like, oh, they are kind of making a comic book movie yeah. here. I thought it was really fun. Was that in the last scene where he went into the train? So this the is the, the next scene I want to talk about. Uh, it was at the end of this scene where he shoots the Wall Street dudes uh, yeah. um, in the train carriage. Yeah. Uh, and then as he's running away at the very end there, there's a giant, giant rat. I've completely awesome. missed the rat. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Um, so, yeah, that this scene, the scene where he first blood mm. is drawn, um, I think it is one of the best scenes I've seen all year. The, 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 the ramping up of the sound of the train mm. carriages running along the tracks as this situation is reaching boiling point. Um, I thought it was amazing. And then when that first guy gets his brains blown out over the roof, I was just like, holy I shit. I didn't think that was going to happen. Uh, yeah, so I'm like, okay, that's what they're doing with this movie. Yeah. Did you? Was it more of a shock than when the gun fell out at the kid's hospital? That was that amazing was, as well. That, I've, I, like, that was, there was an audible gasp yeah. in and that was the, one of the two. that was one of the two really funny moments in a fairly humorless Joker movie was he drops that gun, his reaction is like, oh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other one when he walks into the glass door, I liked as well. But, but I liked so. how... I liked how documentary style his you know it stays on the wide you know the gun falls out beneath him it doesn't mm. go to a close-up of like the bling and like a loud sound like oh and then goes into close-ups of everyone's eyes you're just staying wide seeing how the scene plays out it and makes it's it more totally awkward, awkward. Well. yeah yeah uh, i thought that was very great really well done very great great direction from todd phillips there mm. yeah yeah you know that that whole um that clown class or whatever the fuck i don't even know that clown employer what would you call it with that locker room that he was with you know all these different clown clown academy or something (laughs) that was just really interesting layer to it and like I was thinking, like clowns, man. There's a lot of responsibility on clowns. Yeah, but very much like, boring as shit, huh? <laughs> very much like New York clowns. Like yeah. I, I loved it. Like this it was just like the the back end of a clown. Oh, fuck, I don't even know what you would call it. Like yeah, like an academy or something. Yeah, totally weird. Yeah. But but a great setting. A great setting. Anything um, else to discuss? Oh god, there's probably tons to discuss about this movie, but nothing that jumps Mark Maron was very wasted. Who? Mark Maron. Uh, oh he? yeah. Famous, famous podcaster. Oh, uh, he he was um 
Mary Franklin's like PA kind of step of thing. Did we already reference the Martha Wayne and Thomas Wayne thing? I know I already talked about that, but the, the alleyway scene. Yeah. Any um, comments there? Third time we've seen it in the in a decade or something. Yeah. Uh, so I when they walked out of the uh, Zorro the Gay Blade, which mm. is a new one for that, but um, and they kind of went around the alley and you saw the guy. I'm like, stop it, leave it there. Yeah. Because I thought that was enough. And then even with that, I think you could still have the bit at the end where he's laughing and you see Bruce in, yeah. in the alley. I think that would probably do it. Um, I think it was over the top. But like I said, the ending uh, kind of salvaged it for me. I just hated yeah. the pearls once again. I was the pearls like, was too much. I was literally watching the Zack Snyder Justice League. Did you like yeah. the direct tying it in with the Joker's movement where he's like... Sorry, Batman v Superman, sorry. Hey, hey, um, hey, yeah, so, so you, I mean, you get what you deserve. For, 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 once, for once, it actually makes sense as to why they went into an alleyway. Mm. It, like, it, it is never... like I mean, you know, Yeah, where was the limo? Whatever it is. Where was Alfred? Yeah. But for um, once, it, it made sense as to why they got out of the street. I did. I, I love the moment where I didn't love the entire talk show appearance. Um, you know, very heavy handed. I love the moment where he shot Murray. I just, where they're kind of yelling at each other. And he's like, you get what you fucking deserve and yeah. just blows his head yeah, off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I thought that was brilliant. Very intense. Mm. Very intense. Yeah. I was still, it, yeah, to, I, see, to, to see De Niro not only delivering for once, um, but also copping it like that. Yeah. He really didn't phone it in. Striking. No. He, he was, was a little bit different than he normally is. Mm. Um, I, I've got to say though, I was still reeling a bit from the heavy handedness of the script mm. previous to that. Like, I mean, um, you know, the Joker yelling out, like, what do you get when you give like a, a mentally unstable person? Society a, steps over you. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I was still like, Ugh. wait, don't cut. I have a message. Mm-hmm. I loved his joke book as well. Like some of those. You know, he clearly didn't get comedy. You know, he was, he was, t- well, number one, oh. the, the shot on him going in with the laughter. Yeah. You know, that, the audience laughing. And he's just and way out of sync. Yeah. So fantastic. Yeah. And then going in on his notepad and seeing like funny equals sexual jokes or, mm. or something. Mm. He clearly doesn't understand the nuance of comedy and he's taking it on face value. You know, that only added to the character yeah. to me. Didn't understand social cues, didn't understand like. And that's the beauty of filmmaking. You know, if you're reading a novel, it's like, you know, how do you convey the audience laughed and then in the awkward pauses, mm. uh, you know, you, you can't convey that kind of thing so elegantly in, mm. in a novel. It's very striking to see it visually and, and you can hear it. Like it's, it's- it, that, that's where I love, you know, this medium is so great. And when it's pumping like that, I just think this is what I want to be seeing. This is the kind of shit I love, you know. Mm-hmm. So other than a few little little gripes that maybe I'm not even 100% convinced by, you know, I think this is an awesome film. I think it's a really great film. And, and uh, you know, there's some darkness in humanity. And if we don't put these things out there, if we don't talk about them in art, you know, that's where the problems arise. You know, I think you've got to reference these things. It's, it's, it's just part of the deal. It's part of the deal. Part of the deal, baby. Um, yeah, I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely adore this movie. I don't think it's anywhere near as uh, shocking or dangerous as or provocative as people thought it was going to be. I, I, I definitely felt uncomfortable in this film, though. Yeah, uh, but in 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 the way of how tense it was, certainly. Um, I I don't think director Todd Phillips is doing any favors for it. He's going out there saying a lot of dumb stuff. Yeah. What has um, he said? Uh, he's coming he out there saying wokeness ruined uh, wokeness comedy. Ruined comedy. Oh, you can't make comedy right. yeah, anymore. Yeah. And everyone's coming out being like, "Hey, here's a million funny things that are coming out right now, and they're better than The Hangover 3, I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah. And then there's all the stuff about like Joaquin Phoenix walking out of interviews because they ask about you know the how provocative this movie is and the issues they're trying to talk about, and, and it's like that's kind of over the top. Like if you're going to make a movie about this stuff, be prepared to talk about it mm. and back it up because I think the movie is really good and I think you can defend it in that context even. What actually yeah. happened there? I don't know. I haven't actually watched it because I, I can't stand uncomfortable interviews and I think he's a bad interviewer at the best of times. Oh, anyway. he's, he's terrible. He can be such a prick. But um, <laughs> all the great actors are, I guess. Um, not that that's an excuse. But uh, yeah, it's just like... All the greats are. <laughs> all the greats are, yeah. I walk out if of he wasn't a prick, I'd be pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think if, you know, he was, if they were just engaging a little more with the conversation, maybe it wouldn't be as uh, back and forth. And if uh, Todd Phillips was maybe being a little more eloquent about the movie he's made, um, yeah. instead think, of the I ones think, he doesn't think he can like for you some said, reason. Like, he, he's got, you know, he's got the film behind him. It's a good film. Like, 
Stand yeah, and if he can like, keep his mouth shut, he's probably going to be up for an Oscar. So yeah. he should behave. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly think like I know he's got the screenwriting credit here. I know he's the director, but I put so much weighting of this <laughs> film on Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. I, you know, well, listening I, to I, how they were consulting each other on that, you've got to. Well, you didn't think old school was this good? I'm not. I'm not going to say on this podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to say. That means it's a yes. <laughs> <laughs> My boy Blue. <laughs> Love you, Blue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When when old school references come out, that's probably when you got to shut off the radio. Shut her down. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. really interesting. I, I, I've been looking forward to talk about this one for a while. And uh, there we have it. We'll be possibly talking about it later on in the year with our best of worst mm-hmm. of the year. Who knows? But we'll be back next week. Something great. Don't know what it is. Do we have a movie next week? El, uh, El Camino is coming out soon, isn't it? El Camino. A Breaking Bad movie. A Breaking Bad Netflix movie, Netflix. Oh, Mina. A Netflix movie, El Camino. Yeah. A Breaking Bad movie. Make up your fucking mind. Yeah. All right, Connor. See you next week, bro. Bye.